do have to walk around sometimes. It's very I'm totally good now, though. Yes. Welcome to Practical Shooting After Dark, everyone. My name is Ben. We're here to talk about shooting. Uh, on deck tonight, Mr. Matt Hopkins, say hello. Hi, everybody. Oh, and also Joel Park. Hello, everyone. Uh, probably like my eighth best friend, right, Joel? Well, thank you. We're, You're in the top ten for sure. Real well, good that's, job. That's excellent. I'm I'm really sure. excited. I'll sleep better tonight knowing that. All right, you guys know the deal. Everybody comes here with a topic, something to talk about, something interesting that they did this week in shooting. Um, who who wants to go first? Are you guys going to uh, nominate me, or what, what, what's ben, happening? You can go first. Joel can go first. Says Matt. Joel says <laughs> I go first. We could both know. vote. Matt goes first. That feels wrong. I'll just go. All right, uh, guys. So the last week, I uh, I took a shooting class. I was hoping you were going to talk about that. Well, I mean, it, it, it is a good thing to talk about. So yes, uh, uh, it, it it came to, it came to light that Mr. Matt Pranker was teaching a practical shooting class to some SWAT cops uh, in Ohio, um, and I wasn't doing shit that week. So it occurred to me that I could drive there, do the class, and then drive home, and there really wouldn't be any reason that I couldn't do that. Uh, so it seemed it seemed like a good idea for me to go take a class that someone else was putting on, uh, and it's a rifle pistol class. It's for it's for SWAT uh, like SWAT instructors, I think, is the best way to put it. Uh, totally different set of range rules, a different like application. And uh, when I, I heard about it, and then I kind of thought about it, and I was like, Matt can you put me in that class? And he's just like, yeah, yes, I can. So I was like, great. I would be happy to do that. So instead of uh, staying at home and training uh, for a week, I uh, drove to Ohio and I trained under someone else, which was very useful. Um, did you learn any? What did you learn? I guess I'm sure you learned stuff. I'm sure I learned something, aren't you? I, I'm sure you learned something. I want to know what you learned, what, what you'd be willing to share that you learned. Oh, okay. Well, uh, there was a few things that were of interest, mm -hmm. I suppose. Uh, so I haven't shot a rifle a whole lot. So this was a good opportunity for me to take the rifles that I, uh, I built all by myself with no uh -huh. help. No and supervision. Yes. <laughs> supervision at all. By that, I mean, Joel definitely assembled these motherfuckers basically for me while I watched. Ben's I'm like, I want those gazelle triggers. I'm like, yes, yes. Geisley buy that immediately. These, yeah. Do I, what do I want? Are these the shit? They're like, oh yeah, that shit's the shit. Buy that okay. shit. And I'm like, all right, I don't know. <laughs> yes. So uh, it was, so I should say the, the class was bringing practical shooting, so competition style training to guys that don't really do that. Um, that was what it was. So it, like that part of it was obviously that was all fine for me. And half of the shooting was with a pistol. Obviously, I mean, so that's all very much in my wheelhouse. So that was that was a good it was kind of just good for me to watch that just to see like you have a guy with Matt's background bringing the message of, hey, if you want to train with your guns and get good with them for, you know, this for the application of for your job at work, um, this is the way I think you should do it. And it was interesting for me to see him kind of carry that message because he can carry it quite credibly. And so that was cool. Uh, but then. Like what I learned shooting wise was kind of like stress testing the, the dry fire I did with a rifle. So I've shot a rifle a little bit, 
a little, little bit. Then uh, Joel built a couple rifles for me and I dry fired the, them a little, little bit after basically function testing them. And I got to stress test everything. Um, just like I ran it really hard. I didn't, I didn't take it easy or try to do well or look good in the, in the class. I didn't give a shit about that. I just pushed it really hard as I could do. And of course I had some takeaways. Um, I wanted like, for example, the way I'm standing, my, my stance for the pistol is a little bit more narrow than it should be with a rifle, I found. So as I'm running around and setting up, I wanted to set up a little bit wider. Um, I mean, all sorts of little tiny nuanced shit like that. It's like the way I'm transitioning from rifle to pistol, the way that I'm transitioning the rifle around on targets. Um, all of those little things, like little nuanced shit that you pick up. Um as you actually do the training. And I, I, you know, I came home with a lot of takeaways and I'm very motivated. I, uh, I was so excited when I got home, I ordered some rifle steel and it's already here. And I've been like training on training on steel for rifles. So I've been, I had a great time, I should say. Um, uh, I know we talked about this privately. I remember if it's, if you posted the video or not, I want to talk, I want to ask you questions about the discrimination stage. Oh yeah. Can yeah. We talk so about there's, that. There's yeah, one thing I put on Instagram. Yeah. I, thought, I don't remember if you sent it to me or if you posted it, so I'm sorry. No, that's fine. I posted it. So you can't really see very well on Instagram. You will see a video on YouTube that explains it pretty well later on and actually slows it down and lets you see what's happening. But uh, one of Matt's kind of arguments was if you get really sick good at shooting, it, uh, it kind of takes that away as something that you need to think about. It's mm -hmm. uh, a... Uh, it's, it's just something that's going to happen more automatically. So in order to drive that point home at the end of the class, and the, you can imagine we were doing like USPSA style training, very much USPSA style. Like I think virtually every exercise that was run, be it with a pistol or a rifle, was something that came out of my material. I mean, the justification was different. The packaging was different. But the drills, the drills and the targets, that was all essentially the same. The one thing that was different was uh, Matt built a stage and then had the guys walk through the stage. And it was all paper targets to be shot with a handgun. So they walked through the stage and they saw where all the target states were. And then he's like, all right, so this is going to be different. These are going to be different targets. So guys kind of got the got a brief that they're going to go in there and like it won't be USPSA targets it'll be something else and it'll re require decision making so then they got marched over there and think about a known stage you know the layout you know where the targets are the the vision barriers were all opaque you couldn't see through them and then when you started you just went to every position and addressed every target that you already knew was there but the layer like layering on the decision making part kind of showed the value of uh, being really good at shooting was kind of, that was kind of the argument that Matt made for the class, and um, essentially watching these guys who they're they're not like fucked up at shooting like they're they can shoot they can I mean they're smart guys they can do what they need to do but it's not like they're training with their you know doing USPSA shit every day they don't do that I mean they're just sort of competent with their guns and they kind of, if they're thinking their way through it and doing that stuff, they can shoot the gun effectively. But then when put in this more complicated scenario where it's all they had to do was just remember to move around and remember just like a basic stage plan. There was no tactics to it. There was no, 
uh, multiple guys, like none of the targets were moving. It was, it was just the most benign thing, like just go through a stage and just add on. You have to look at the target and make a decision about whether or not to shoot it. And if you're shooting it, you want to uh, shoot it in the most effective spot, uh, that sort of stuff. They, I mean, essentially, nobody walked away from that happy as far as the group. They just, I mean, oh. they'd go up there. I mean, there's a lot of nerves and they, they, they'd shoot that exercise and they'd walk away very unhappy. And then the next victim would come up. Because there's no so, perfect score, right? Well, no, it's not even that. I mean, there was guys shooting faster. stuff they should not have shot uh -huh. and not shooting things uh and not shooting things that they should have shot or a really late hit on a target, like 10 mm -hmm. seconds after they've been standing there looking at a target, mm -hmm. um, that sort of stuff. Nobody did well on it. Like nobody. It wasn't just shooting stuff in suboptimal spots. It was, uh, it was a shit show. Um, but it was by design. I mean, it was to show guys like, hey, when you have to make decisions, like all of this stuff just gets harder. And if, if you have to think through the shooting of the gun or the gun piece of it, then you're really going to have problems. And that was definitely highlighted. And I should say, like, I'm not I'm not taking a dump on anybody. The scenario was really hard. And for the students, I'm the one who picked out the targets, So I know how hard it was. I mean, it was like a lady pointing a stuffed animal at you was like a no shoot. Like she had an aggressive demeanor and pointing a stuffed animal like you like it's like it's a gun and it's a stuffed animal. There is one target that was just an American soldier. But if you're going through there with like a cop mentality and you're like looking like look at the hands, look at the hands and you see a gun like you see that gun and that target got smacked a lot. Uh, and then when I shot it, of course, Matt made it even more of a fucker scenario for me. So he took all the targets down that I put up and he made it really tough for me. So thank you for that, Matt. I, I did okay on it. I'm like, I didn't shoot anything I wasn't supposed to. And that was kind of Matt's whole argument. It was like, hey. What was the like, conclusion then? That well, the conclusion is get good with your gun because the more stuff that you layer on, Matt, Matt calls it layering. So you mm -hmm. layer on discrete, like target discrimination. And imagine if you were doing that as a job, you had to be discriminating, shoot or don't shoot. You have to be keeping track of where everybody's at, you know, for safety. If you have multiple guys working on a problem, uh, the situation will be moving, obviously, in like a real world, you know, sort of circumstance. And uh, that was the whole point. It's like, hey, you have to train each one of these skills so that as you layer them on top of each other, it's just it, it only gets harder. So for a USPSA guy, think about it this way. Plenty of people can stand on the range and do a fast draw just in isolation for that skill. But then so many, I mean, how many times have you had guys talking about their draw speed and the stage? They're like, oh, I can do like a, a 0.9 in practice, but then on the stage I'm 1.3. Right. You know, it's, mm -hmm. it's the layering of the skills. Like the more stuff you stack on that you have to do, the more every little piece has to be really tight. Uh, so that point was driven home. And I thought that that was, that was an interesting way for, for Matt to do it. I like that too. So Ben, is it fair to say then, so when you're navigating like that stage, you're discriminating targets, you're how you grip the gun, how you press the trigger, that, that just happens. Like you didn't work. So what you were really working on was solving the problem. Is that correct? Well, for that me, fair? yeah, that was, that was my experience. So I, I felt the same stress. Like I've got, you know, I mean, uh, expectations are high or whatever, and people mm -hmm. are watching and I want to do well. But when I went through the, the stage, all I had to do in my mind was just look at the problem and like address that one, address that and then go to the next target, look at that one. And, and address that one and then and so on whereas if you had to think through all the shooting and all yeah. that stuff then you really had problems if you like what matt would say the hard skills if you didn't have hard the shooting skills. 
the hard skills, the shooting skills on board, then I'm thinking like, oh, I got to grip the gun hard and I got to press the trigger straight and then I have to pick out this target and do I even want to shoot this target? And now I've got to get the sights there and I, I understand the, the... Do you actually the think they thought about that, that while they're discriminating or they just defaulted to what Who? they've trained? The other, other people, yeah. Uh, I, I don't know. They looked, I mean, basically everybody got there. I mean, they're, they're just overwhelmed. And, and I, can't, I can't stress enough how challenging the scenarios were. They, I mean, it didn't make any sense how hard it was. I mean, from that level, like it, it was, it was fair, but it was not an easy, it, not an easy test. So much so like the targets were photorealistic. So it wasn't like, um, like a, a USPSA target where somebody spray painted a gun on it. Mm-hmm. It wasn't like that. Some of these things required a lot of thinking. There was, I mean, there was one target in particular that was a dude that had a bomb vest on. So you'd look at there and his demeanor was aggressive. You look at him like, if that guy looks like he wants to fight me, then you look at his hands and he's holding a detonator for a bomb vest and he's wearing a bomb vest. And a lot of guys looked at him and immediately they're like, ah, I want to shoot that guy. And they go boom, boom, and shoot him right in the vest. You know? And it'd be like, hey, where should this guy be getting shot? And that would be <laughs> right the in the computer. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, it was, Matt, I, I can't stress how, enough how hard it was for people to do it. And when I went through it, I was very careful. And I felt to me like it was taking a it long time. Looked, to, it looked so. like you were in slow-mo speed. Like it, I was because it's like, like, I can't, I can't take them. I can't take the bullets back once they, once they send them out of the gun. So you've got to be careful. Did they, did they provide any feedback? Like this would be great to do in for like their training when they're training their officers or anything like that. Um, well, yeah, I mean, that was the whole point of the class, I think, was the, to train the instructors. But um, I don't I don't know if they'd make it that hard for their guys. But it would I mean, it definitely drove the point home that they should be thinking along those lines. Mm-hmm. And you had experienced SWAT cops that basically were getting their faces jumped on on a scenario like that. I mean, it, it was an eye opener for people, for sure. It was also very difficult shooting also some of that with uh with you know duty type of guns and rifles i noticed like the steel plates and stuff that you were shooting on the move they were not it was not hosey by any means no i was like in the class i used a glock with gold dots that's what i was shooting yeah yeah and a, a glock with gold optics. dots and then a um like a, you know just a very plain rifle a service with, rifle yeah like a yeah, duty with, rifle not with light ammo not with frange or anything like that like shooting proper ammo so, I mean, yeah, it was, it was quite good, I thought. It was a great experience, and um, I might get a little feedback from this, so I posted uh, some of the footage up in training group. More of it's to come, and if the, if the guys in there like that stuff, I'll see about going to take more classes. So if I can go, like, sign up for somebody's class and, like, put some of the footage up in training group, that would be a pretty good deal for everybody mm-hmm. if, if you wanted that. So I might do more of that because I, I enjoyed the experience for sure. All right, enough about me. Let's move on. Matt, you want to go? Matthew, you're up, dude. Let's go. Okay, so I'm going to do This Week in Shooting. Oh, boy. Oh, great. What'd you do? So just got back from the Arkansas sectional, shooting mm-hmm. that, shooting CO. So this is my that was my second big match in carry optics. And I learned quite a bit at that. So... Still obviously learning. Can't say I've figured the thing out and like, and I'm as good as I, at that as I was in production. So I found it hard to 
I guess, kind of like trust what I'm seeing on it. And then like one of the stages, I was just purely scared on it. Like the classifier, we all shot it, I think, before. But that classifier was so scary. Which classifier? I don't. That's pretty cunty, right? I think it's eighteen oh six. I don't know. It's what that the, means. it's the it's the, the fifteen yard one six, with the skunk that you shoot and you reload six. Oh yeah, yeah we shot that at our club. We shot that at our club. I don't know. Yeah, I was ago. so I actually shot that straight scared. I think I built it up so far in my head that that stage is gonna like determine the winner of the match. Like no matter what division or who's shooting it, that like <laughs> it actually did. And I think like thinking back on it, I didn't just shoot it like just draw the gun and like see the sight and shoot the sight. Like I had built it up so much that it caused me to not perform on it. Well, like that didn't affect like the overall results, like for me, but still like it didn't help them either. All right. So what's the taste? So you sat there thinking about, I've, I've had stages like this, but you sat there mm-hmm. just thinking about it, thinking about it. You're like, Oh man, better not fuck up. Did you like train on it beforehand? I or- did. So yeah. So oh. Like the stages come out a week before. So yeah. I'm shooting another sectional and then I go to this one or another state match or whatever, another lo- like level two match. And then like I get the stages, like I'm looking at them. I'm like, oh, okay. So I could go practice this one. Like I can shoot it beforehand. Like I actually shot it decently at nationals that year too, but I want to shoot in CO, shooting standard production guns. So I went out, practiced it. Like, I don't think I shot a clean run on it in practice, like overall. So like that didn't like help the confidence at all either, but I'd shoot clean sections of it. So there was basically like, oh man, man. I'm just thinking through that. You're like, you go out and practice on it and you don't have a clean run. You're like, yep. Fuck it. We're good to go, baby. It It kicked my ass a whole practice session. Oh, that is not an easy one. <laughs> no. That's motherfucker of classified. <laughs> Dude, my goal, like, we shot that at our club match. My goal was, I do not care how long it takes. Just, I need to shoot the targets and watch the sights and press the, the trigger properly. And, yeah, like, just, yeah, you can't, it is very difficult. All right, like, so what will you do different in the future, Matt? So, I don't think I'm going to, like, if that stage comes up again, which I have a feeling it it's going to come up in a match in July we have, Joel. Oh. So oh, baby. <laughs> oh, baby. I think I'm going to practice elements of it, but I'm not going to practice the whole thing. Wait, so where is this going to be in July? Another match. That you're not signed up for. I'm not signed up for it? You're not. Okay, I'm not shooting it. It's good. I was getting nervous already. Like, <laughs> it's in July. We got six weeks, baby. Let's go. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) (laughs) So, like, it's... I'm going to practice the elements of it. I'm going to do more dry firing with it because, obviously, the transitions between the hands is new with the new gun, making sure that dot's there and everything. Like, And one thing I did notice, like, the dot on the weak hand only, like, it hit exactly where it was, but that dot was like bottom right of the C zone, like it recalled into the top right of the C zone. And then it recalled into the, like the left D zone, but all the hits were perfectly there. Perfect. Wait, right where the dots said they were right where the dot was. Yeah. Wasn't that how that's supposed to work? Yeah. But I've never seen that like an actual shooting or yet with weekend only. 
Jesus Christ, man. It's definitely a deficiency I'm going to practice more <laughs> and work on for the future, so that is not an issue. Uh, this is a question that's just for out of curiosity. Would you have been better off, you reckon, with your production shadow too? Just for, for comfort and familiarity at this point. Yeah, like, 100%, 100%. You just shot a better score with that, you think? 100%. All right. That's what I would, I mean, I'm my guess doing the hand that. transfers with for like with 12 years. Yeah. yeah. Between yeah, yeah. like SPO1 and Shadow 2, they're basically the same. I've shot that for so much longer than the P10, so. What are you thinking about the dot? Are you learning anything with like, you know, like a streak, a blur, painting the target, you know, so all the different. That, I've, I've seen streaks and blurs. I've seen a lot of streaking. Like while you're shooting, the dot is making like an L line up and down on the target while you're shooting. Mm -hmm. So that's very interesting. I've learned that you got to kind of avoid what, like disregard what it's doing. Like, cause it's moving around a lot and it's moving all over the target. Kind of like, it's like, never you perfect. Make you it mean stop. Yeah. You like. can't make it stop. And I've learned that although it can hit, like you get it down in the A zones, but like, that's not the best score. Like to just hammer out the A's on it. <laughs> That's something I took away at the end of last year too. That I'm just continuing. Yeah, it took me like ten years to learn that one too. It's so annoying. Like shooting minor, you you so want to go for the A's, and it's like, ugh. Sometimes it's just not productive. Not all the time. Hey man, I'll yeah. teach you how to just send it. Like who cares where <laughs> they go? Just get those splits, baby. <laughs> I know your strategy, Joel. All right, Joel, what'd you do this week? Uh, well, I don't have anything this week. It might be a recycled topic. I don't know. I can't keep track of them all. But I want to talk about using slow motion video and how valuable it is and what you can learn from it. So, um, or even just video, but specifically, I like slow motion. So, I guess a fair way to say it is a lot of people, like I have people in class where what they think is happening is not really happening, sometimes not even close to that. And so when you show somebody what's going on on video, you record them and then you play it back to them or you show them in slow motion exactly what's going on. Um, I've seen that click with people in a lot of times where they're able to correct it more efficiently that I'm saying, hey, every time you shoot, you're obviously tensing up, your shoulders go way up. It's obvious, you know, like, they're like, okay. They kind of like shake their head, like, okay. Like regardless, they're like, well, I don't know if you really get it or not, whatever. They do it again. They do the same thing. It's like, okay, like, do, do the thing. Do the thing. I video Like, okay, look at what's happening. Like, oh, okay. Like, sometimes it, like, it clicks on a deeper level, I feel like, with people when they see what's happening on video. Um, the other thing that's nice is sometimes you can't, maybe you're training yourself, or maybe you can't accurately assess what's going on if you don't have a trained eye. You know, it's all happening so fast. The gun's going off. You know, you're spraying bullets all over the place. Like, who knows what's happening? So being able to, especially have slow motion video, break it down, really see what's happening. Maybe they're drag on, drag off. They could be pushing down on the gun. You know, sometimes it's really tough to read targets. So having slow motion and being able to look at it more than once, maybe you're looking for trends, uh, you can learn a lot from that. Especially if you, you know, where, where I'm thinking back to maybe times where I couldn't diagnose my shooting very well. Having video is a super valuable tool because um, you can really pick out a lot of really finite things. Um, and the, the lastly, the thing that was huge for me was perception of time. Because I I would shoot something, and I'm like, I don't it, maybe it was fast. It could have definitely been faster. And then you, you watch that video, you're like, holy crap, that was actually pretty quick. And so um, I think that's really good to see 
you know, to see your stage runs. And I'm even thinking of several stages I've shot where my goal was just don't screw up. Don't do anything stupid. Don't push down on the gun. That's and like it, all it, of them for me. I know. I know. Uh, we even had one this past month at our club match where I, it was like a 20% uh, over everyone else in my division against some pretty good dudes. And uh, my whole goal was like, I don't even care how long it takes. I just don't want any penalties. I'm just going to grip the gun properly and shoot the gun straight. And then I watched the video. I was like, oh, I thought I was being really careful and deliberate. It was actually pretty sporty. Like I was on time wise, I was good on, on hits were good. And so that's just kind of like all those experiences to me, they kind of keep clicking and you can, you know, call back on those things. So when you're shooting a stage and you think I really need to get after this or, you know, oh, I just want to stay alive, whatever that sometimes your feelings can't be trusted. So you might feel like you're going too fast, too slow and watching, you know, recalling those feelings you had, then watching the video that can tell you a lot. And I think that gives you a lot to learn from. Hey, Joel. Yeah. So before I learned you wanted to talk about this topic, I picked our question for the day. Oh, boy. And I feel like your your topic dovetails nicely into this question. Oh, boy. Tell me more. Question for your podcast. I know historically you've always used third-person view videos for training or analysis of yourself and only started using HatCamp first-person view for PSTG members. As an aside, I love it. I love it when people send me an email telling me what they know about what I'm doing. <laughs> and it's incorrect, as is this. Anyway, I wonder if you find any value in using the first-person view for yourself. The common belief is that the third-person view is much better in analyzing movements, et cetera. But I'm curious, would first-person be better for transition analysis, uh, uh, pulling off targets, really gun not stopping at the right spot, et cetera? I guess you can see those issues from third-person view, too, if they have high-quality in slow-mo. So what do you guys say? First-person video versus third-person. I'll go first if you'd like. Up to you guys, Matt. Yeah, okay. you, you want to take a bite at it first? Up to you guys. Well, I, I can so, tell you when yeah. we started doing training, training group 18 with the video feedback component. And I'll level with you guys. I don't think, well, I don't know if nobody tried it, but nobody in our little sphere had tried it on the scale that we were doing. Mm -hmm. uh, getting feedback or getting videos in from people that we don't know. Um, like a lot of guys that we like digitally coaching, I've never met these guys. Like I don't know them. Uh, so that's challenging, right? So we, when we were getting video in, the thinking at the time was, all right, we want to really push people for, towards third person, really push people towards it. And uh, what we've learned the last couple of years is that that's not really, I mean, I think third person's better on balance if I had to pick one, but we get a lot of value out of first person video, a lot. You can even see usually somebody's hand in the video. You can see if it's flexing on the gun when they're shooting. You can see the layout of the stages pretty well. And you can see, yeah, you can see all the stuff with the gun, the gun movement. You can't assess the body movement, but you could get a really good idea what's going on with the gun. So I, it's difficult to say one versus the other. Like that doesn't, I mean, I think that's a stupid question. If one's more valuable than the other, the idea, I think you should get both occasionally and take a look at what's going on. You're going to learn a lot. I, that, that's what I would say. You guys yeah. got anything to add to that? Well, I can think of... I don't. Oh, sorry. I thought I was going to off. I can think of specific video. Of course, I have more to say. Uh, video reviews that I did on Training Group where I'm like, okay, you obviously have, look at your shoulders in this video. Look how your shoulders come up. Look how you stand. Look how you stop, weight bias one way or the other. Like, obviously, that stuff's going to show up more in third person. Or look every time you compress when you take off. I mean, the list is endless. But then we look at first person video. Uh, I was thinking of one person specifically where I, 
I could watch the third person. This person's swinging the gun all over the place, muscling. It's obvious to me. But then I watched their first person, and I was drawing a very accurately in a way they could, and the way they could see it. I'm like, okay, look at this target. Now let's go frame by frame. Look how the gun swings past the target. Now look how the gun <laughs> comes back to the target. I'm like, okay, and I'm like drawing on the screen. Yeah, but I mean, otherwise, I, a trained eye, I already knew exactly what was happening from watching the third person. But in that way, breaking it down in a frame by frame, showing him exactly, you know, drawing lines on the screen. This is. But what about for your own happening. training, Joel? Uh, yeah, it's still good. Do you use? Do you, you guys even have hat cams? I, I don't, don't have a hat cam, so I've not ever done it. I've messed around with it some, but it's not something I regularly use. Yeah, I mean, it's. I think it's an interesting tool. Like the the thing with with the hat cams for yourself is you already know the layout of the stage. So if you know the third person, like when you're looking at third person of yourself, you already know where everything's at, or you should. Mm-hmm. So what, I mean, if you're, what if you're not you, and you're not able to diagnose to the level you are now, or the level of understanding or the critical eye, I could see where getting more information to look at would be a very good thing. If you're not sure where to go, not sure what's going on, I mean, you could join PS, you know, training group and have somebody tell you, but otherwise, like if you're on your own, uh, getting more information and more stuff to look at, more angles, slow things down. That's I think that's good because that teaches you a lot. You know. Yeah. Well, guys, you know the line. Joel, say the line now. Well, guys, it was the Bang Up podcast. Sure as fuck was. All right, <laughs> listeners, if listeners, you have a question, you, have a question you like question, the answer to, answer to, go to my website. Dumpster.com. Right. Send me your question. I'd yeah, love to hear from you. Website. <laughs> yeah, gmjp.net. That does not exist. Right. You'd be like, or yeah, I should email you at gmjp at earthlink.net. <laughs> AOL. You can, AOL. Can ask, can ask Jeeves about that. Oh, message Tim okay. and ask him why your GMJP discount code doesn't work. All One right, of my friends did right that. that. 